Warning, this podcast may contain explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Noisemaker Podcast, where we interview bands that you may have never found anywhere else. We are your number one spot for discovering all new music, get to know artists, understand what drives them, and hear from some of their top tracks. Join me, your host, Rocky Ferenberg, as we give rise to the underground world of music and set out to do what so many others have failed to, be a staple for the independent musician. Now... Let's make some noise. Always rode like a high plains drifter. Straight out of some western pitcher Saddled up to a life of hell to raise Just a gypsy soul, pale rider Little bit faster than the last gunfighter I'm a roll of the dice hell bent on an early grave I take what I want And tonight all I want is you Steal you like an outlaw Love to be your downfall I kill to drive you crazy Say my name now, come on baby Pull back those satin sheets Slide over here with me I'll make you feel like a real woman should Love you like Eastwood Like the desert wind Every time, girl, I blow in Burn up the night like whiskey going down Keep you close by my side Like that quick draw 45 Hold you tight till they put me in the cold hard ground Steal you like an outlaw Love to be your downfall Say my name now, come on baby Pull back those satin sheets Slide over here with me I'll make you feel like a real woman should Love you like To be your downfall I'd kill to drive you crazy Say my name now Come on baby Pull back those satin sheets Slide over here with me I'll make you feel Like a real woman should Gonna make you feel Like a real woman should Love you like Eastwood Love you like Eastwood 
everyone, welcome back. This is episode 44 of the Noisemaker Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If you're returning, then thank you. If you like what we're doing here, please like, subscribe, and give us a five-star review. We are on all your favorite streaming platforms like iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Noisemaker Podcast or at Noisemaker Pod. This is the Noisemaker Podcast where we help you with that horrible problem that we all face, where to find new and original music. On the line with me is George Dukas. Is, is it Dukas or, or is that pronounced right? Yeah, yeah okay. you got it. George Dukas. How are you doing, George? I'm great. I'm great, Rocky. How are you, man? Pretty good. Sounds like it's dinner time over there. You were fixing your pups some uh, some good old food. Sounds like you were making them something uh, something gourmet over there. You take pretty good care of them, huh? Yeah, yeah. They're our babies. I mean, I have I have two kids, but but they're fully self sufficient now. So these these are our these are our babies. I got two uh two two year old labradoodles and their brother and sister. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. So, yeah, it's a it's a happy little family. Well, the first thing I like to like to do here is kind of give the give credit where credit's due. Um, it, it, obviously, you're a, a solo artist, but you can't do it by yourself. So, I mean, obviously, you have a, a band that you play with. So, kind of, uh, I sure. mean, maybe you got some people that are in the studio, and maybe you got people that have been on the uh, road with you a bunch. But, uh, and I know that sometimes people drop out. You have some, you know, musical chairs. But uh, whoever you think is a uh, is notable, you know, why don't you go ahead and give credit where credit's due? Tell us who's who's in the band and who else is uh, playing with you. Oh, absolutely, man. Um, I got uh, actually. I have a Texas-based band. I'm, I'm from Texas, although Nashville is home. Um, you know, and it's it's different here. Um, I mean, it's it, Nashville is such a you know a music center, and where you, where you make your records, you know, generally speaking, in, in my genre, which you know uh, is country, which uh, I say country, and that, and that that's broadened so much these days. I mean, country wants to be pop, and in so many ways, um, although what I still make really are country records. I mean, I, I don't want to say it's uh, retro in the in the in the way of George Jones or something, but. But certainly what I do is more country than what you're hearing on country radio these days. Um, and I'm kind of proud of that. So uh, but it's but it's, you know, my voice is not particularly country in, in the way that some of the really old school guys were. Um, but when you make records in Nashville, quote unquote, country records, you know, there's such a machine here. So many great players, so many great studio players that generally speaking, you know, the, the ones the ones you make the records with the albums, the recordings with are not the guys that you're going out on the road with. So um, I work with a whole different set of guys when I'm making the record than I do huh, when, I'm the, when I'm out on the, out on the road. So the guys on the road are really, you know, kind of my true brothers though. That's those are the ones that you're out there. You know, you as a musician know, well, um, you're out there, you know, every mile and, uh, and every show. So the good times, the bad, um, the tour bus breaking down, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 uh, the lows and the highs. And, um, so those guys are all home in Texas. Leo Salas is my drummer and band leader. He's fantastic. He's out of San Antonio. Um, I've got a number of guys and most of them are out of San Antonio. 
Nice. Well, one of the things that I think is really interesting with having you on the podcast, I've had some other people on the on the show before. I mean, you we're kind of dive into it in a little while, but you know, you've had some Billboard songs, and uh, I mean, one of the things that I think is always cool is having somebody on here who has a Wikipedia page. I don't know why, but I always seem to find that that fascinating. Oh, I, that's on my bucket yeah. list. I want somebody to create a Wikipedia page for me. But you know, hey, I, it's over, it's, like it's kind of like fame, brother. <laughs> it's, it's way it's overrated. It's overrated. Really? I want one. except except. <laughs> Unlike unlike fame, unlike fame, it's not fleeting. You can't get rid of it. Uh, fame is fleeting. Wikipedia pages aren't. So yeah, I have a Wikipedia page. I've had a, I've had you know, and I and I say that kind of tongue in cheek, but because this business has been pretty good to me, it doesn't mean it hasn't been a hard business. It's hard, but um, I've had my you know fair share of successes, and then I can always look at somebody who's been more successful too. So. Um, who's been around the same amount of time that I have, you know, that's gone yeah. on to have multi-platinum records. And I've been on platinum records as a writer, uh, but my own records, you know, although I've seen some chart success and even, you know, some, you know, major top 40 billboard country success. And then one song, a song called Lipstick Promises from uh, back on my first record on Capitol Records that was a, a real big hit for me and, and toured the, you know, toured the world as a result. I haven't really, you know, haven't haven't had that kind of level. Like I'm not, I'm, you know, I haven't headlined stadiums. So, um, but I, but it's been a great. It's what I love. You know, it's a, it's a labor of love, and you know, I, I I can't I can't be anything but grateful in the end. Um, and I'm really excited about the new music. You know, I don't have any misconceptions uh, about sort of my standing in the world, but um, I'm making the music I want to make, and I make it now as an independent artist and. You know, make the records I want to make top to bottom, you know, first song to last song. So I have nobody to blame but myself if I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> but that, I do. I like I really like this one. It's called Yellow Rose Motel. And I'm really, really fired up about getting it out there. Well, yeah, and this is a th- I mean, this is the central reason why, you know, we were able to uh, pull you on here is because we really want to be able to highlight those, uh, you know, one of the following, you know, independent, underground, unsigned bands. But one oh, of the but things- we were talking, we, I'm sorry, we were talking about Wikipedia. So you can't get <laughs> rid of your Wikipedia page once they give you one. Um, and I guess it's a sort of a, 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 a barometer of success on some level, but you can't control what's on there at all. Like, <laughs> like I mean, there, there, there are Wikipedia Nazis out there. So if you make any changes to it, they'll, they'll change it. They'll change it right back. <laughs> so it's, it's the one, yeah. it's the one web page, one web, one web page with you on it that you have no control over. <laughs> oh, shoot. So, so anyway, all right, enough about that. <laughs> well, that, that, the, uh, the direction I was wanting to go here was you said that you were originally from Texas. You moved uh, out to Nashville, you know, for obvious reasons. I mean, that's one of the big music hubs, especially for country. Um, but you know what, obviously there's a change from Texas to Nashville. So what, what kind of, what kind of change did you endure going from, you know, basically like the music scene in Texas to the music scene in Nashville, the industry, uh, with what you were doing at that time and, and what you're doing, you know, what you were doing after you arrived. I mean, just kind of tell us a little bit about that, that change from Texas to Nashville. Well, for me, it was, um, yeah, it was kind of, it's kind of, I have to back up a little bit <laughs> because when I was living in Texas, I was just a, just a kid, a high school student, really. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, I was learning, uh, although a lot of Texas music seeped into me at the time, everybody from the great singer songwriter, late great singer songwriters like Guy Clark, um, to Willie Nelson, of course, um, 
which was, you know, kind of a main inspiration to other Texas, more Texas guys like Jerry, Jeff Walker, um, you know, cats like that. So I, I just, um, I kind of learned, cut my teeth on that stuff. And when I moved to Nashville, I actually moved here as a student and, um, would, I continued on, you know, continued to play <clears throat> really every chance I could, I'd go play in the bars. Um, but was here as a student and it wasn't until I graduated that I was like, and I think I'm going to, you know, go make a run at this. And so really, as far as the industry goes, the first, you know, the for my first uh, dive into it all was 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 in Nashville. You know, to, my first effort to become sort of a pro um, was all here in Nashville. You know, and it was a very different time. It was a great time, actually. There was a lot of great music coming here, out of here at the time. I mean, stuff like Steve Earle. Um, yeah. Even the even the the early Clint Black stuff. You know, like the first record was phenomenal. Um, so was the second. Um, and, and then I started doing my own thing. I didn't really pay as much attention anymore, but, um, you know, there's just a ton of great music coming out of here at the time. Dwight Yoakam, the Dwight, the Pete Anderson stuff with Dwight was phenomenal. Uh, and then I, you know, of course, once I got out there on the road touring, I got to meet most of these cats and, um, yeah. share, share stages with them too. So, <laughs> so cool. it was, it was really cool. It was a really, really cool, uh, time period when I got signed to Capitol and, and, you know, started really getting out there. Great. Well, let's kind of dive into some of the music. The The song we heard at the top of the show is called Eastwood. You kind of want to give us the uh, the rundown on what Eastwood is about? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, in, in, in essence, it's a love song, but um, it's kind of a cool different. I mean, how many love songs you know can we have, right? Um, <laughs> it's like, that's like 90. We still don't have enough. <laughs> I know it's like 98% of, uh, of music out there is, is, is about love and whether it's good love, bad love. Um, destructive or positive um, but Eastwood is, is a love song for sure first and foremost but it's really kind of a cool angle I was and I was actually this is kind of how songs come about for me it's like whatever I'm into at the moment sort of seeps into some, my songwriting in one way shape or form um, so I was like going back and watching a lot of the Dirty Harry stuff yeah um, and which I didn't really see ever growing up Uh even went so far as to to this is maybe politically incorrect, but and I'm a <laughs> I'm a responsible gun owner, but I went so far as to find the same gun that he uses in all the Dirty Harry movies, and uh, don't worry, I keep it locked up, and I'm I'm not crazy, <laughs> uh, but but anyway, so like it's this old uh, I forget what year it is, um, I don't know sixty something, but it's Smith and Wesson, like a six barrel or a six inch barrel, and it's a huge heavy gun. <laughs> I mean you. You would never really use it. It has no practical purpose, but it's, it's, it's what Dirty Harry Clint Eastwood uses in all of his movies. So anyway, that, that was kind of like where I was at at the time. And then I went back and like watched a lot of his Westerns um, just as that sort of it's the it's the quintessential American uh, movie with that that um, American vibe to it. You know, all going back and watching those those Clint Eastwood Westerns. And and so I kind of got got that stuck in my head and and his his character um more so than him the man but you know in, in all those movies he's it's like every every guy wants to be him and every woman wants to be with him and and kind of the so james bond just kinda, james bond thing yeah yeah it's a little it's a little bit of that james bond thing and um i guess james bond stuff came after but yeah, not by much probably maybe. that sounds but, about right but anyway about the same time period and then I thought, you know, every guy does want to be him. So why don't I make this, you know, why don't I make it 
you know, where the singer is somebody, you know, he wants to love a woman like, like Eastwood would, you know? Um, so although Eastwood is, as a fighting figure in a lot of those, um, in a lot of, in his, his character is a fighting figure in a lot of those movies, but, but you can still, still tell that the, you know, that the female roles in the movies still think he's amazing and, you know, yeah. manly. So, um, so anyway, uh, I just kind of wrote a love song around, you know, sort of using his character as a central theme. Great. Well, the, the song we're going to hear now is called unlove you. So, Let's kind of, I guess this is still that, that, that love song theme. So <laughs> kind of yeah, tell us a little bit about, about this next song as well. Man, I had the idea. Um, I, I learned after the fact that Unloved You is not an original title, but of course you can't copyright a title. So I didn't really worry yeah. about that. And I've written, <laughs> I've written tons of songs and, and been fortunate enough to have them recorded by other artists. And um, that's been part of what's really made my career. But so I didn't, I, I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't deterred by the fact that there have been other songs called Unlove You, but I just thought kind of working backwards on it um, was an interesting play. You know, I can't go I can't go back and unlove you, you know, like like it's over, but I still love you, you know. Yeah. So I, I just thought that was a cool a cool thing with a slightly um, uh, sort of an intelligent spin on uh, on a country sort of way to say something. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of just, I kind of, it really spilled out. It was a very quick and easy song to write, which I don't, I'm not particularly a fast writer cause I'm a very, uh, meticulous writer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm almost more of an editor than I am a writer. I mean, I, 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 you have to write something to be able to edit it, but my strength I think is in editing, but this song required almost no editing. Now I did write it with two other, two other guys and uh very talented in their own right but i didn't um i, I came in sort of with it and it just sort of spilled out so i wish every day was like that um, <laughs> yeah it's just a super super honest song and it's like very much in my wheelhouse so that's that's kind of on good days that's that's uh you know on good days as a writer for me that's that's sort of the kind of a lot of the stuff i come up with great well, this is going to be unlove you by george dukas I can drive down to the east side Where all the pretty people meet Track down a few old friends Knock back a couple drinks Find myself a brand new habit Thinking some quick fix will do While my head wants to believe it My heart knows it ain't true I can't unlove you Jesus up on some old mountain high Say 
with George Dukas and uh, you know we, we kind of left off the last segment talking about uh, the writing process and uh, that's one of the main things I always like to tackle in these interviews because I myself am a lyricist and I write pro- I like write way more lyrics than I in fact I had to stop writing lyrics because I just have folders of lyrics and I'm like why why would I write just to put it in a folder you know I love writing but it comes to a point where it's like man I don't want to just shelve all this material but um, right. you know, I'm I am a hey, fast. Send, send send them over to me. And I'll put I'll put I'll put the music I'll put the music to it. Well, we, we we could talk. We could talk. No, so I but I am a fast writer because I I tend to overcomplicate things when I come back and I edit them, and so it's not a skill that I have honed very well to come back and edit my music, and so I find it really interesting that you're kind of the opposite way, more more you know a longer writer, and then you come back and and edit it down. And, uh, you know, I, I really do wish that I had the patience to come back and edit, but... Um, right, right. There is a... That's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, just the different way people write. It's just, it's crazy. But there's this theory out there that I, I read. I don't remember when it was. I think it was in high school I read about it. And it's it's uh, it says that the first 40 or so songs that you write are for you. And much past that, you can begin to write music that is for other people, music that you should put out. And right. I think it kind of correlates a little bit into Malcolm Gladwell's theory of um, 10,000 hours, that you have to have 10,000 hours to become a professional in doing something. Interesting. And yeah, he, that, that's from the book called Out, The Outliers, and it's, it's a really interesting book. Anyway, so 
I don't know if you've heard of these concepts before, but I, I have. I, I have. That, the actual number that I heard was not to interrupt you. Uh, don't lose your spot. No, but you're fine. Number 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 that I heard in Nashville was a hundred songs. A hundred songs. Gotta, so yeah, but same principle. Yeah. So so what kind of? I mean, you've obviously written a lot. I mean, by the time that you have a song that comes out, whether somebody <laughs> else or whether it's from you, you've probably written you know ten songs. You know t- that that never got any type of play at all. So with somebody who's written so much, what are your thoughts on, on these types of uh, uh, theories about writing, about becoming a professional? Uh, I think it's valuable. I think it's really valuable. I um, actually, you know, not to divert too much, but in the midst of uh, kind of um, preparing to, you know, ramp up and release a new product, um, this, this album, um, we're releasing it in stages, of course, which I mentioned to you off air. So, you know, four different volumes. It's a 12 song album. So four different volumes of three songs each. The volumes come are coming out quarterly. But in, in the ramp up to that, you know, we sort of did a whole social media campaign on Instagram, Facebook, but mainly Instagram, um, where where we, you know, put out I, I made a music video of eastwood uh, which is you know it's out there for folks to check out which i encourage everybody to please do whether it's on youtube or um i have a youtube channel and, and they can also hit me up please on my instagram page but yeah we can link to all during, that in the show notes as well so yeah and and just uh that's getting off track a little bit not really because what i was going to say was in the, in the in the ramp up for this we sort of you know hit a hit a you know tried to hit a really you know sweet spot of a campaign and sort of hit our demographic and let people know the music was coming and do sort of a four-week countdown six-week countdown or whatever and um in the process a lot of people would come to me you know people that would follow me as a result of the video being out there and they'd they'd say hey i'm a singer too or i'm a i'm a a guitar player or i'm you know i'm an artist or i'm in a band um what do i need to do to get you know to where you are and you know, it's kind of that same question of you. Well, go write forty songs, or, you know, <laughs> or hundred songs, a, or whatever. Go, yeah. go write a hundred songs, and then. But I'm just trying to be constructive about it. I mean, uh, uh, honestly, and you know, advice is. I mean, it's a dime a dozen. It's it's worth what you pay for it. But, you know, <laughs> I like that. Asking, I like that. That's good. Yeah, I mean, but if they're asking me, I mean, I'm going to tell them, and I'm just like, look, number one, you know, you can kind of tell people like. You can tell the guy that's, you know, a good looking kid and, you know, he's just, you know, all about the image. Uh, the first thing I'm going to tell him is, <laughs> hey, quit, quit worrying about that right now. Go work on your craft, you know, go work on your craft, yeah. you know, because because what he's worried about is how do I get verified on Instagram? I'm like, well, don't even worry about getting verified on Instagram. Yeah, if that you don't stuff have will any, come. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have any content, <laughs> the blue, the blue, the blue check by your name doesn't mean doesn't mean squat, you know? Yeah. So, um like to worry about the right things. And so go create and learn how to be good at that. Find your voice, find what you want to say, find who you are as an artist, you know, find your influences and then, and then find your own voice within that. So, I mean, I think the 40 song, hundred song bar is a really, is a really, really valid statement. It might be a little high. I mean, I think there's some people that learn faster than others. So, yeah. you know, it's not, that's not, that's no knock on the ones that learn slower because they might be more brilliant than the end. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I personally don't write a lot of songs, but I feel like also as an editor of what I do, I feel like I kind of have an internal gauge on something that is on the mark or off the mark. So if a song is kind of like not, if I just don't feel it's that special, I'm probably not even going to finish it. I mean, why wait? <laughs> why waste your like? We don't yeah. need another good song. We need the great ones. You know. So if 
Yeah, I like that. Unless I'm, you know, unless I'm inspired by an idea, um, I'm probably it's probably not even going to get past the first verse. I'm just going to trash it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I might leave the Word document in my computer somewhere, but I'm probably not going to. Maybe there's a good line in there, but I don't know what it goes to. Yeah. Maybe it plug. Maybe it plugs into another song down the line that's not created yet trust me but, i got uh, lots of half-written songs <laughs> it's a thing you know it's what thing, you, might you, know? Shove them, you might shove them all together and come out with um um a little, fra- um, a little franken song yeah no you might come out with you can't always get what you want or something like yeah i mean you know <laughs> that's good you, you like know that. you might come you might come out with something brilliant like yeah. a classic you know um you take half of those songs and stick them together it might be might be covering the same topic and might go together, you know? So, so anyway, it's so interesting. Let's kinda, I love the process. Let's kind of segue here. I, I want to know if we were to sit in on the writing process uh, of George Dukas, what would that look like? I, I know you kind of touched on it before, but what, I mean, what kind of goes into the, the actual writing process of the song and song selection? Probably get there 10 minutes late or 20. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I mean, I don't like to write in an office. I like to write in the, uh, a home or a studio. Um, but you know, just, uh, it's great to write with people that you're sort of have a rapport with. So that's not always the case. You can't always do it. I'm not, I'm not crazy about the Skype thing. Um, it's sort of stilted and, uh, just difficult to, you know, I don't know, difficult to emote, but, um, unless you really know somebody, but I have done it. I have done it like writing with somebody in England or whatever. Um, and, and actually came out with a decent song, but usually the writing process is just like, Coffee's an essential piece of the puzzle. Yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> and really just just throwing around ideas. They don't even have to be perfect ideas, just even if they're loose concepts. Um, you know, and so I try to always keep a running dialogue, written dialogue um, of ideas, whether they're hooks, you know, or titles of songs, which we call hooks. Yeah. Or, or maybe they're, well, I know you know that, but yeah. I don't know if your <laughs> listeners know that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, or whether they're musical ideas, they might have, you know, which I throw down on my, you know, voice memos in my, in my iPhone. So, and maybe this, maybe it's a guitar riff. Um, A lot of my stuff personally is, is very guitar driven. So a lot of my melodies come from the guitar first and then I mimic those on, you know, vocally. So like, uh, it it starts with one of those two things. It's either a musical idea concept of a vibe, uh, a groove or, um, a riff, or it's a lyrical thing that generally will lend itself to, you know, a musical vibe. Like it, you know, just by the, by virtue of what the words are saying, it'll be, you know, either a happy song, sad song, you know, broadly speaking. Um, And then, you know, you sort of delve further into one of those two realms and, and find a, a musical home for what you're trying to say, you know? Yeah. And and we just kind of do that together because everything in this town, everything's co-written. I mean, I mean, yeah. you can write on your own and we, and I do write on my own, but I mean, the, the, the lion's share of work that's done here and there's a lot of brilliant work done in Nashville and some that I would consider not my favorite too, but, <laughs> um, but, but, but not to say it's not crafty. I mean, super crafty. Yeah. Uh, just not, just not my thing like stylistically, but a lot of the work that's that's done here is is you know collaboration. So you know, you're usually doing it with somebody else. Well, let's go ahead and jump into this next song. It's uh, called "Don't Leave Her Lonely." What what's this song about? Uh, well, I wrote this one with uh, 
a guy named Jacob Lida. Um, he's a super talented songwriter um, and a killer voice. I don't know why he never had a record deal. Um, <laughs> usually when we're usually when we're writing, he's seems like he's always in his you know his singer's voice. I myself have to kind of gear up like when I'm going to the studio or playing a show. I find my voice, you know, but like if I'm writing, I'm not necessarily trying to sound really great, but he always sounds great, but, um, <laughs> he's just, and so great melodies must, must be nice, you know? Yeah. It's just supernatural. <laughs> he's all, he's all the time, hundred percent. Like, I mean, there's been maybe a one or two days where he wasn't on, but, um, <clears throat> he's just fantastic. And he's a great lyricist as well. But the song itself, we were just looking for something. We were just sort of both in that talking about how we were inspired by a lot of the records when we first got spread here, a lot of the stuff that, or, or even before we moved here, like, like going back to what I mentioned earlier, like a lot of the stuff, um, you know, the Mavericksy kind of stuff, the Dwight Yoakam stuff, maybe a little bit of that sort of West coast vibe. Um, and so we sort of fell into that groove, um, musically speaking, um, not so much. I'm not talking about the groove, like the drum groove or anything, the tracks. Yeah, but but the just stylistic sense, yeah. Yes, stylistically speaking, yeah. So, um, so it's in that, it's in that, it's in that vein, and um, it's the first song on my record because it really harkens back to a lot of my earlier records when I you know, like Lipstick Promises and everything that sort of from my, from my Capitol Records days, um, which you know going back to the late '90s. So, it was a, it was an appropriate place to launch. This appropriate launching point for this for this new record too, and from there I, I delve into other territories. But but it was definitely a good lead off track for the album, and it's one of my favorites. We just played it for the first time actually this past weekend um, as a band um, down at the Houston Rodeo um, uh, Barbecue Cookoff, the World Championship Barbecue Cookoff. So nice. it was really really cool to play it live. Well, this is going to be George Dukas. Don't leave her alone. down There's the bar where she met me Where smoke fills the air with whiskey and memories Of that little black dress that brings out the blue in her eyes So don't leave her lonely Don't leave her lonely It'll look like she's made up her mind 
with George Dukas and I got we just got a few more minutes actually literally because George has some other stuff to to do he seems like a real busy guy this has been a a, a hell of a time trying to link up with you but I'm I'm glad we got glad we got a chance (laughs) it was easier once we got off of uh, Facebook oh yeah sometimes that's sometimes that's the key is just hey you know let's just talk directly rather than have to yeah anyway so yeah yeah it's just like finding somebody's uh preferred means of communication but yeah i apologize rocky for taking no, we're so long. good man we're good uh <laughs> better than some musicians some musicians are like yeah let's do it and then they just never i don't i don't understand people sometimes so one of the, i get you one of the things <laughs> i want to dive into flawed. here <laughs> one of the things i want to dive into here was i mean i read i read through some of your stuff here and you know you have you've written with some musical greats i mean people from that i listen to you know like uh, thompson square and, and and garth brooks and got some stuff from george jones dixie chicks i mean you're you've got a plethora of just it's like the who's who of country artists on your on your uh, about me section you know pe- just people you've worked with and so oh, well, i mean thanks, and, and and one of the one of the areas on here, I saw I saw a question that I was asking, but I don't think that there was a direct answer for it. So I mean, it seems like you've just been hiding in the shadows. But the, the question it says on here is, you know, where have you been? So uh, to, to you know, to my listeners, you know, where where have you been? <laughs> You're gonna just throw it out there yeah, again? Yeah, man, right there, man. It, it, it's so weird, man. If it, the, my one, I mean. It's such a mixed bag. I mean, I, I sort of started in, in this town with like a lot of the machinery, musical business, the music business machinery really behind me. 
and, uh, and, and, and in a lot of ways, you know, that happens to a lot of people. They start with, you know, they got all the traffic, you know, all the trappings, all everything's behind, like you're going to be the next big thing. Right. And, uh, but for me, I actually did have, you know, two full length albums put out on Capitol. We had a good amount of success, not, not, not totally killing it, but I mean, definitely on the map and, um, and, and a lot of stuff that I was really proud of. I mean, we toured a lot and I played dates with a lot of people that I completely still to this day respect and people like the Mavericks, you know, people like, gosh, I don't know. I I mean, I could go on and on about that, but, um, so, so then, you know, after my days on the Capitol kind of, uh, ended, I went through three record label presidents and I sort of just turned into a songwriter, man. I mean, for eight or 10 years, I had two kids and, um, and that was fulfilling at the time and, and still is. I mean, they're great, great kids. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it differently um, from that angle. I don't regret. I don't regret it. Like domestically being home more. I would still yeah. go play the uh, occasional show. And usually they were fantastic. Like I'd get an offer to go play. I mean, weird stuff like a soccer stadium in Brazil <laughs> or like. You know, and I'd wind up like the promoters would pay me in cash and I'd stuff it in my boot, like thousands <laughs> of dollars. Like, I mean, old school, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and like, I mean, I didn't even know that it wasn't cool to go back in, come, come back into the country with $15,000 or $20,000 stuffed into your boot. Yeah. You know? Be careful what you say. <laughs> I know. Right? Is there like a, a statute of limitation here? You're right. But, uh, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, so, so I would still play the occasional show here and there but mainly i was a songwriter and i was home with my kids and uh um so out of that i um, came a, came a fairly successful songwriting career i mean downstairs where nobody ever goes there's you know a bunch of golden platinum records that i was a part of as, as a writer you know whether the dixie chicks like had a record out way back when that like sold 15 million copies and that just doesn't happen anymore so that's yeah you know, like that's on my wall and like garth brooks you know, recorded one of my songs. He made it a duet with George Jones. Like, um, Super cool. that just, you can't get those cut. Those, that's not going to happen again, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, some cool things happened, but I did really let the artist side go for a long time. And I just kind of became pretty reclusive, you know, and I was getting the, where, where is he now question even then. So, uh, <laughs> it wasn't until about, I guess, I guess 2013, I put out a, a full length album, um, that was kind of reintroducing me um called 4340 and i'm really really proud of that record i think this new record's better but i was proud of that one at the time and i'm i'm still proud of it had a couple uh i started out back home in texas sort of um just uh going back to where i began and had a couple top tens in on the tech on the you know texas music chart off of that record a song called breaking stuff which i still end my show with it's just a song about making mistakes yeah. um which i've done a lot of and then <laughs> and then another song called cowtown which is just a fun romper and so i that's that kind of got me back and in, into sort of the artist thing but it wasn't you know obviously hugely promoted it was more as an indie artist as a texas artist and then uh and so this one's going to be this one i'm going about it a little differently and a little smarter um sort of you know you live and learn figure out how to do stuff a little bit better got a little better a little more team around it so that's really that's kind of the story you know if i had to put it all in a large nutshell that's a long answer (laughs) yeah but uh, and i still write songs you know a couple three times a week but you know pretty focused on this album rollout and um focused on keeping keeping a, a team around it and um doing what we can 
Well, one of the big things I like to do for artists when they come on the show is, uh, <clears throat> I know that we don't all, you know, we don't do this all by ourselves, and sometimes there's people out there that might not get credit when credits due. So I like to kind of leave uh, an open-ended area for you to throw any types of shout-outs or plugs, anything like that, or if there's anything that you think I might have missed that you want people to know, this is kind of an open spot for you to do that, and then we'll kind of cover the last song and and let you let you get out of here. Cool. Well, no, I appreciate that, uh, uh, you know, that offer to kind of just tell people sort of, um, whatever it is that's on our, on our, on our wish list. I mean, <laughs> mainly, mainly what I'd you know, like to encourage people to do is to go check out the music, you know, whether it's whatever their listening platform is. Um, a lot of people are Spotify and, uh, and then there's Apple music, of course. And I have, and then YouTube is another big one. Uh, I have, um, I have all three of course, and I encourage everybody to go check out particularly the new tracks but there's a lot of old stuff too in fact youtube's kind of interesting because you can see the change in my um my hair length through the years uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I get teased a lot about having a mullet back in the late 90s but that so, was cool uh, then man that was what it was yeah, that was the thing but i mean i, I still tell everybody <laughs> mine mine was more of a surfer thing like I, my, my hair was long all over i just had it tucked under my hat but but anyway i i, I encourage everybody to hit me up you know on, on whatever their listening choice is and then um please look me up on instagram and follow me there too it's country but it's uh, it's country with a brain, and um, and I'm uh, you know, not to say I'm smart. Country but, with a uh, brain, I like that. Yeah, but but it's 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 a it's a you know definitely a take all my influences and my influences come from everywhere. My favorite, probably my favorite singer songwriter in the world is Tom Petty. Nice. So um, so you know, it's a little bit a little bit of Petty and a little bit of Willie, probably <laughs> somewhere in there. Somewhere in there, you'll find me, and I encourage everybody to look me up. I dig it. I dig it. So this uh, this last song that we're going to hear is called uh, Yellow Rose. So why don't you go ahead and uh, give us the rundown on that? Yeah. So so Yellow Rose Motel is um, uh, I was it's it's fictional, <laughs> but uh, but basically um, it's kind of my ode to uh, Willie Nelson's Redheaded Stranger. For those uh-huh. of, for those that um, for those that have heard that record, it's kind of um, his album Redheaded Stranger was kind of the Really, largely credited, I think, is as the the beginning of the what what's known as the outlaw music, movement in country music, and and that album was a masterpiece for me. It was cool on a lot of levels because I could, it was very stripped down, so I could hear the guitar and I could figure out the chords and um, yeah. and really learn how to play it as a kid. And it was cool from the songwriting angle because it painted such a great picture. It um it told a story uh, of a guy of the redhead stranger. And of course, Willie had, you know, red hair before it turned gray. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, and throughout, and the whole album was a story. This is this for me, yellow rose motel does it sort of in one song, but um, in uh, going back to Willie in redhead stranger, he, he winds up, uh, I think one of the verses talks about, uh, you can't blame a man for killing a woman who's trying to steal your horse. So a lady came down from the tavern and tried to steal one of his horses. It happened to be the horse that his his uh, his lover had once ridden, and his lover was no longer with him. Um, so he winds up shooting a woman. And and so anyway, I kind of took that that inspiration. And in, in Yellow Rose Motel, um, um, the singer myself, of course, finds you know falls in love with a woman who's a who is a woman of the night and a lady of the night. And she, you know, he, he, she doesn't really love him, of course, but he really falls in some kind of love or lust with her. Um, and, it, you know, he winds up shooting her because he realizes that he's not 
that she's not in love with him because she, of course, has other clients. Right. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, by the end of it, uh, it's it's a it's sort of a tragic, you know, maybe he's not the sharpest. Maybe he's not the sharpest tool in the shed, <laughs> but it's just a it's a really cool vibey song. And um, it's kind of my tip of the cap to uh, to Willie Nelson and Redheaded Stranger. Really cool. Really cool. Well, this is going to be uh, George Dukas, Yellow Rose Motel. Number 
rainy night I couldn't stand anymore I knew she wasn't alone When I kicked down that door I had a bullet for her And a bullet for him I pulled the trigger And I pulled it again This was just a super cool interview with George. Uh, I really wanted to have George on. I'd really like to be able to have an opportunity to have artists on that, that have had success. Um, not necessarily that, that, that local or independent bands don't have successes, but, you know, I mean, when you have people on that have charted Billboard songs or have uh, written on uh, platinum-selling records or multi-platinum-selling records, you know, when they have Wikipedias, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it shows that, you know, your favorite, there's a saying that goes, your favorite band was a local band at one time. And there's so much truth to that. And it's, it's important to have these people on who have seen what success looks like in the music industry, but aren't necessarily these larger than life characters and um i just think it adds adds a good balance to the show to be able to have people that are you know the just just the starting bands i have people on that have less than a hundred followers on uh, uh facebook a lot of times um then i have people you know like george here who you know i think he has over thirty thousand followers on his uh, uh social media or, or more on some of them i think but i mean you have this contrast between bands that are, you know, really big and, and doing it where, you know, where the guy who has a hundred likes wants to be a, you know, where there's 31,000 likes and, uh, you know, George said it good, you know, I mean, it, you, you've got to, if you are an artist and you want to make it, or if you want to make it in any walk of life, I mean, it's just one of these things where you've got to put in the time, but you can't just put in time. You know, if you're just there long enough, you don't make it, but you're not going to make it 
if you're not there long enough. So, I mean, it's this weird thing that we have to have in, in life if we want to be successful. So, um, big thank you to George for coming on the show. Like I said, I know that some things were kind of hectic and, and he's busy. He had something right before we started and then something right after we started. So, I mean, we <laughs> just squeezed right in there. So, thank you very much for making some time for us. I, I really do appreciate it. Once again, uh, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Please like, share, subscribe, give us a re- uh, five-star review. I've included uh, links to uh, George's uh, music in the show notes. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at NoiseMakerPod. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email me at NoiseMakerPod at gmail.com, at gmail.com. And until next time, don't stop following your dreams.